Hello, everybody. This is the Friendly Bear Podcast, where we interview some of the best and brightest traders in the trading community. Listen to inspiring stories and nuggets of insight from current and future game changers in the trading space. Listen and learn as we explore all types of trading niches with some of the best in the industry from a Friendly Bear point of view. Make sure to check out the Friendly Bear Podcast new YouTube channel called Friendly Bear Research, which includes all the podcast video content and supplemental screen shares. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. With that being said, I'm your host, David, a.k.a. Reverse Long, and this is the Friendly Bear Podcast. Let's dive in. What's up, everyone? This is David, a.k.a. Reverse Long. Today, I'm here with Joe Kennedy. He's uh, We're doing this like macro jabber now with Joe. Joe's very uh, interested and has way more knowledge of, than me about like stuff that's going on in the, mac- in the macro world because he trades other other things that that correlate more with that he's like small cap land that i trade short on the short side usually that stuff doesn't it, it doesn't really relate as much but if you want to take your trading to an, to the next level you do have to be aware of these things and i i reached out of joe um a couple of weeks ago and this and talked to him about doing a, a little series of this every now and then and he was happy to do it so the last one we did was really cool and today we're it's just we're going to cover some more stuff so joe what's up how's it going david what's going on uh, i think the last time we spoke was about the bottom i think it was three weeks ago when the, when the market was really reacting to the russian news so i think it'd be best to uh pick up where we left off on that and, and see what's really changed um i personally haven't really traded much over the last month but i think you can see from the macro that we've rallied now what the last eight days in a row pretty much have been green in the s p 500 and we saw biden speak this weekend saying basically that we need to get putin out of power and again we're oh we're, we've turned green for the day now so we can see that the market's kind of digested a lot of of what's going on in russia but i think there's still the the whole nuclear idea in the back of everyone's heads um not sure if it's the same in the small cap or the pre-market. I haven't traded that as much. So maybe you can point out the volatility has been the same there that it was in the last month. In a small cap? Yeah, actually, the, the, the volatility has been pretty good. January was actually pretty slow, really, really slow volatility. Um, but yeah, so what Biden was saying, does it hasn't really affected the markets. You think, okay, like this this uh, looming threat of uh, World War Three or whatever might have some kind of effect, but it, it doesn't really so far in small cap land. Uh, I think it also makes it also makes kind of an interesting conversation. Like I I saw this weekend, my mom is home now, so she usually turns on like Fox News or whatever CNN, and I saw Tulsi Gabbard having a conversation with Sean Hannity, and it's kind of interesting when you have two of like the mainstream political minds kind of combating each other. Where Tulsi's saying like the U.S. shouldn't get involved, like it's kind of like a, a lose lose where we can keep providing hope for the Ukrainians that they're going to win, but they're horribly outnumbered by the Russians. Whereas Sean Hannity's like, we should start bringing in NATO. So it's kind of interesting when you have these two like conservative thinkers uh, having conflicting views because normally they they share a similar outlook on it. So it'll be interesting to see how that's resolved over the next couple of weeks. Um, and we've seen a ton of military equipment being shipped to Russia with like javelins, uh, stingers. And for like people who don't really have a background in, in those kind of weapon systems, like when you say that you're sending someone a javelin, I think it costs 30,000 to shoot one javelin round. So it's horribly expensive. 
And you're not going to just give a javelin to like a militia member because the javelin has like, can you picture what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it has a huge yeah. back, uh, like backfire. So like there's all these, you have safety, you have SDZs, you have these safety danger zones that you need to stand out of. Otherwise you're going to be blasted with it. You have like an effective range for it. There's all these things that come with saying that we're going to send like 5,000 javelins to Ukraine. So it's, it's interesting to hear those conversations. Absolutely. And um, what did you, you were mentioning to me off the podcast about the EV push and Elon. Yeah. So we've seen Putin's come out now and said that he'll accept rubles for Russian oil. We've seen the Chinese continue to buy Russian oil and a lot of European countries um, milling over natural gas because they're huge suppliers to Italy, Germany, et cetera. So we've, a lot of American voices have come out and talked about EVs and how we need to further that. Um, that narrative, but we were kind of talking about it offline before this. There's really not been any EVs that have proven to be like mass produced, reliable, and like we're not ready to make that jump yet. Maybe you have a different perspective um, into like uh, full EV land. Um, I mean, you made a good point. You're, I was thinking, actually, what EVs like Rivian, like you mentioned, Rivian is like total fraud. Um, today, actually, I shorted pretty pretty nasty uh the kxin the chinese ev truck ev <laughs> or something they always it always goes up and goes down and like they had a news thing that came out this morning say they have a uh, someone that's intends to acquire like twenty thousand vehicles it's an intention and like they had the same kind of news in december and january they haven't developed anything and i think they used to be like crypto so it's yeah. just like one of these like shell companies in china that we don't even know what it is in china like no one no one go like has has exposed it and um they just switch from one hot sector to another and it seems like a lot of at least for the stocks that i trade whenever a lot of them that mention ev like for example muln mullen i don't know if you saw that one no that I didn't. one um yeah that one had like a bunch of shady characters in it like uh the ceo used to be like a death row records executive <laughs> and all that it's just like a lot of so the EV thing is is a lot of it with the stocks that I short are use EV as like kind of like a gimmick. Yeah. You know? So it and, it sounds like phase one COVID clinicals back in like mid twenty twenty. Yeah. Like, oh you're, yeah. Yeah. You're COVID phase one, you're kind of like yeah, whatever. All right, I'm gonna short this. Yeah. There there was one um, OTC company I shorted. Uh, P R E D. It was exposed by Hindenburg Research, uh, <laughs> and um. Before it was it was exposed before, but it ran. They said they're they're gonna have COVID tests, and it ran like crazy. And then the SEC shut it down. It was exposed like they didn't even have anything. So you know, like back then, everyone's trying to. I remember like Clor. If some a company mentioned Clorox, the stock would go up. They have Clorox, or a company said they have rubbing alcohol, uh, stock will go up exponentially, forty fifty percent. So like. You know, I, yeah, I love being a short seller. I get to spot this stuff and like time it right with the technicals and all that, and yep. and uh, take advantage of the volatility. But yeah. um, but but yeah, EV, um, yeah, Elon is the only one really doing anything with it, right? I mean, you tell they me they can really mass produce. As you think about it, like Neo, not really. Uh, Lucid, nothing really yet. Nikola came out like that was the rolling truck down the hill that wasn't even. Yeah, running. yeah, yeah. That was hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then. I was looking into Rivian a little while ago. I was like, I, it's at Lowe's. I saw George Soros and Amazon were pretty big investors and I wanted to read more about it. So I like literally was reading the 10K 
They delayed their first real delivery significantly, which hurt the stock. And I went on their website and like, I think a good sniff test as a, as a activist short seller, you know, like you kind of want to try the product to get a sense of it. So like I went on and built my own Rivian truck to see what it would be like. And I don't know who's buying it. It's like 75,000. It's made for Baha'in, which is only good in like certain parts of the country. It's really heavy and it's being delayed. So unless you're like super loaded in 30 years old, I don't like my parents won't want a Rivian truck, you know, it's, it's kind of an interesting narrative. Um, But us talking about this kind of interesting too, because Elon's been hinting, he's been doing polls and stuff on Twitter, basically saying like, do you believe what you see on Twitter? Like Twitter needs to have free speech. What would your thoughts be on on Elon buying Twitter or or starting his own? Like, um, I think he has a following for it if you really wanted to. Well, you know, that's a good question. So, like, I mean, at the end of the day, starting his own, I mean, it seems like the best route, but he has to start from scratch. However, Twitter, I mean, I like Twitter, man. I've grown to really to like it, at least for the finance stuff, not for like the political agendas that some people have in the, yeah. at the top of the chain over there but um it has the twitter spaces which i think is cool twitter blue it has the messages you get to put the dollar sign and track all the stocks i think it's pretty useful and it's pretty it's pretty entertaining you know you can put like i like having it on the dark mode and like get it put it the way organize it the way i like yeah. um i think it's cool and and uh you know as and uh I was telling you earlier, low key. I was I was adding some some uh, stocks, Twitter stocks, since I interviewed the Bear Cave guy. And the Let's Bear go. Cave guy, it's funny because he's the Bear Cave. He's like the guy that organizes all the the Bear community together, and he's like <laughs> buying Twitter. And he made he made a case for Twitter on my podcast last year uh, around this time, actually. One of my my first podcast, one of the first twenty or whatever. And uh, he made a solid case for Twitter. And I was like, oh, you know, let me let me start buying a little bit of Twitter. And um, it kept dropping, you know, but like when it's dropping is the time. Sometimes that's the time to buy. Yeah. So um, but like and like it's it's not that big a position for me. And like I'm not like crazy about Twitter. Like I'm not a Twitter fanatic, but like I can yeah. see, you know, if it's under the right people, like Elon would be a good person to own Twitter and like. You, you, you know and he's one of the guys that's like super popular on twitter too yeah you know there's a there's a phrase in the army called the people say like in army writing they're like be bluff which is bottom line up front and twitter does a really good job of just like packing the punch you know as opposed yeah. to like adam does really cool research with it with the white diamond stuff but it's really it's like it takes a while for you to extract all the stuff you need whereas in like twitter you can see a thread that's connected of 10 tweets and be like boom 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 yeah it's concise and it, it does yeah. yeah it's it's good for that you know what yeah. i mean which it's like a blessing and a curse because sometimes you scroll twitter and then you have like your head's a little dizzy and you have information overload because you've read yeah. like a hundred different headlines in the span of five minutes and you're overstimulated yeah i i usually never even get past like the first few yeah uh you know yeah. but um it's cool i mean how i think it would be way better under elon musk hopefully he buys it you know hopefully he buys it joe what rogan. did you so, and yeah exactly maybe joe rogan and elon <laughs> they they take it they take over twitter man that'd be pretty sick <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty sick um 
What else did you have in mind? You mentioned AMC in here. Yeah, I wanted to ask you because uh, when we had been training pre-market when I was down in Puerto Rico, HYMC, and it's particularly the warrants, and I think it was the first time I ever asked you about a warrant in the pre-market, was one of these HYMC warrants, which was up like 200%. I'm like, oh, no. But then I saw it in the news that the executives of AMC were buying the stake in HYMC. So I just want to get your take on that. Yeah, I think they bought a big... Uh, so I, this happened like a week and a half ago or something like that. And I, I, I don't know off the top of my head anymore, but I remember it was a big stake. Ryan Cohen, one of these activist investors that uh, bought, a, I don't know, 5 6% of AMC during the whole meme craze. And he was buying like other like meme stocks. And yeah. the people that follow the meme the meme stuff like they they don't they're not like financially educated or they're not educated in stocks or whatever they're just buying because like ryan cohen's buying and he's an activist and i want to be an activist too like i have memories of gamestop and amc is cool and it's these evil hedge funds are gonna take away my childhood memories with amc and and gamestop and we gotta stop them and ryan cohen (laughs) and i gotta buy you know so that's the logic these guys use you know so like um so amc and then then the thing is like finance is dirty you know it's like uh ryan cohen is not trying to take you know he's not worried about maybe he cares a little bit about the little guy but like he's worried about like increasing his investment so as soon as they took a a a piece of hymc the gold mine or whatever i think it was uh they did an offering the same day (laughs) he bought a stake and then, like twenty minutes before the open, they said offering, and they, all all these people that bought, they you know, it's like they had to deal with the offering. I don't know what the stock did that. I don't remember exactly, but that's never good, you know. Yeah. So, but it's it's interesting, you know. It's like you still have these people hanging around the whole meme, the meme stock and the people following Ryan Cohen. It never ceases to amaze me. Like the stuff still, like Zach Morris Ultra, like these yeah. guys are still having a following, like after so much suffering they, they, like how much suffering is enough <laughs> yeah. for the people that buy this, the bag holders, you know? So it's cool uh, for you. Cause you have like a, such a clear picture in your head. Like I'm still a pretty new trader and I still like struggle to connect the dots on some of this stuff. But for you, like, like Zach Morris, you can see the whole thing and be like, wow. Whereas some people still follow him and you see people replying to him. And he even went quiet a few weeks ago. Cause he was getting like death threats and stuff. Yes. That's a good point. So like I have in my mind, his whole storyline, yes. <laughs> the timeline, but like yes. people, people don't have that timeline. We, apparently, I don't know, maybe they do, because like, if you know his timeline and know, like recently he went to Mexico to, uh, and, and like his buddies all deleted all their tweets and all their chat room. Crazy. They're, they're claiming like Atlas is saying that, uh, he's doing maintenance so you had to delete all his tweets for maintenance. <laughs> and then it's ridiculous. And then Zach Morris is in Mexico for the past two months, you know, uh, and then all of a sudden he comes back. So apparently, like, he cleared up something with uh, the SEC or IRS or something. I don't know, man. But uh, <laughs> it was some dirty stuff going on. And, uh, and like, you know, I don't know. People still follow him. Oh, he switched now to intraday pumps. He said, I'm not doing swing trades anymore. So there's like gray area there. Like uh, he doesn't want to be considered like a a, a financial advisor or something. So it's just like a pump. And now he he doesn't even have any type of explanation. Not that he ever did, but he has like these Power Ranger GIFs 
That's all he types yep. and, a t- and, a, and a ticker name. Yep. That's it. No, no, no one liner, no nothing. That's no. crazy. <laughs> it's like a crazy psychological like warp he's done on people to get him to follow him for him to, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I like as a trader, if he didn't have this following or like what he did to get him here, I guess I haven't followed him that long. Yeah. You, you, you know, it, I, I think about that too. So I'm thinking, you know, like when he goes out in real life and he has these, these stupid looking chains on and whatever. He has, <laughs> he has big glasses. He has big glasses. <laughs> what does he tell people? He tells people he's a stock trader. Like he's not, <laughs> <laughs> he's not really trading, you know, he's, like he's a wizard. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's insane. But, um, now, eventually, you know, these pumpers like the Tim Sykes stuff. Tim Sykes used to be a short seller of the pump and dumps when he had like just a couple of hundred people following him early in the early mm-hmm. videos that I watched. And like these guys all come and go and they morph. And then someone else, there's always going to be a pumper, yeah. you know, influ- influencer in one way or another. It's yeah. like a cycle. Yeah. Then when they, one gets arrested and another one starts coming in and it's like this never ends. It's hu- human nature to be, um, there's always going to be a bad actor as a pumper yeah. in the markets <laughs> since uh, 1929. You know, well, just soon hopefully there'll be one in Puerto Rico and you can you can meet him in real life. I'd be curious. For maybe, you yeah, maybe. Podcast. I'll have him on a podcast. Actually, <laughs> to start to wrap it up, but like I actually um I got my computer idea. This new computer I got over here. I got the specs from PJ Matlock. I, I messaged him on Instagram. Really? And yeah, he had a sick computer. And I was like, hey, man, I like your computer. What are the specs? Um, yeah. He said, he told me, hey, brother, uh, here you go. <laughs> it's like, he's like, yeah, this is cool. And I asked him, what, what he's like, this is liquid cooled. And I asked him, what's liquid cooled? <laughs> Customize. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I got it overclocked and this and that. But we were in a deep conversation. Man, and li- little does he know. Out of your office over there. Yeah, so, <laughs> but he didn't know. I guess he doesn't know that I have a bear podcast and uh, I'm shorting all his stuff. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, that's great. Oh man, but yeah, Joe. Well, anyways, nice to catch up with you and thanks for breaking down all the macro stuff. It's always cool. Yeah, um, looking forward to the next one. This is fun. Awesome, man. Well, I'll see you later. All right, peace. Take care. That concludes today's episode. Make sure to like and subscribe to the channel on the platform you use. The Friendly Bear Podcast is hosted by me. David, where you can find me on Twitter at reverse underscore long. You can find the Friendly Bear Podcast at www.thefriendlybearpodcast.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, and now on YouTube at Friendly Bear Research. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Friendly Bear Podcast.